0: Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Monday, December 30th. S&P futures are trading up four points. That's 12 basis points. Europe's main indices are down 30 to 35 basis points. And Asia was mixed uh, with Japan finishing in the red and Hong Kong and mainland China uh, trading higher. Um, you know, So understandably, very quiet morning. Uh, you know a lot of headlines that are interesting and noteworthy. none of them will really kind of shift um, the near to um, medium term narrative for equities. Um, you know, so a few a couple uh, economic data numbers out this morning, none of them again, uh, relatively minor, but all the all the numbers out of Asia. Uh, over the weekend, you know China cont- continues to pull various different stimulus le- uh, levers. Um, all of which are just a kind of a continuation of its policy, where they're making incremental adjustments at the margin, um, aimed at bolstering growth. But they're kind of staying away again from, you know, the shock and awe fiscal and monetary stimulus that they um, rolled out back in 2008. So over the weekend, they announced um, this new loan prime rate that they rolled out a few months ago. They're going to be benchmarking some more loans to it, so the effect of that could be lower borrowing costs over time. Um, again, though, it's not kind of a dramatic action. It's more incremental. And also it's relatively consistent because when they rolled out that LPR, um, they said that over time, they're going to be benchmarking pretty much all major... Um, that will be that will become the main um, benchmark rate for all loans going forward. A um, couple other interesting items. An FT report over the weekend just talked about some of the mechanics of the repo market. So obviously, repo markets have experienced stress for the last few months. It's, it's forced the Fed... The New York Fed to intervene with liquidity injections. Um, banks have talked about how it's not so much liquidity; it's it's some of the new recent um, bank capital requirements that have been rolled out that are uh, inhibiting the ability of banks to kind of participate. So the FT just talked about how two large banks, JP Morgan and Goldman, have um, you know figured out a way to still participate in repo lending markets while also observing some of the capital requirements. So it's you know more interesting than I think really kind of matters. Um, for for equities overall, I will say incidentally, away from um, um, you know, I think away from the repo mechanics specifically, the liquidity injections that the New York Fed has been conducting in order to um, keep repo markets calm has resulted in an explosion in the Fed balance sheet um, in terms of its size. So you know, recall the Fed has been kind of gradually allowing its its balance sheet to shrink, or had been allowing its balance sheet to shrink. Um, but those liquidity injections have um, caused it to spike higher again Now, the Fed is insistent that this is not quantitative easing um, and it isn 't true quantitative easing, but you know balance sheet expansion is balance sheet expansion I think that is certainly one of the factors i don 't think a main factor but it 's certainly one of the factors um, that has that has helped stocks these last couple of months. You know, balance sheet—the the the size of the Fed's balance sheet—is certainly something that equities keep an eye on. Even though the, um, like I said, the the composition of of the balance sheet expansion is certainly not what it was back in the years after the financial crisis, when the Fed was kind of buying longer duration assets and removing duration from the market. Um, So, not to go off on too much of a tangent, Um, nothing super incremental on trade. Although you do, you did have. Beijing approved two new genetically modified crop imports from the U.S. Not, not super important, although you know this follows recent actions that uh, Beijing announced last week as well that just seemed to be designed to allow it to hit some of the um, purchase commitments that it ostensibly agreed to as part of this phase one agreement. And so you know, markets are still waiting for the specifics on phase one. We should get the actual um, text of the agreement sometime in early January. That has been kind of the rough uh, guidance from the US and Beijing. Um, And I think obviously people are going to be very curious to see what specifically is included in that text as far as agricultural purchases. You know, the US continues to talk about 40 to 50 billion. China has not confirmed that number. Um, And then also, you know, the US has talked about imports overall. Um, rising an in increment of 200 billion over the coming years, so people will be looking very closely for um, whether or not China agreed in writing to those numbers, and then as well too if there are kind of specific um, benchmarks or if there is a specific schedule for additional tariff rollback. So the phase one agreement, as it stands, does not really rescind a lot of uh, the existing tariffs, although investors widely assume that Trump. Um, will most likely implement additional rollback over the coming months into the um, into the election. So it'll it'll be interesting to see if that is kind of specifically outlined in the um, in the text. Uh, nothing really all that notable on the company specific front. Obviously, this is going to be um, a very quiet week for news. You have a lot of markets closed. You're gonna have very thin liquidity, very thin attendance. Only really, you know, in terms of I think major macro focus, three catalysts on the calendar this week. Overnight, so coming in tomorrow morning, um, we're going to get the China MBS PMIs for the month of December. So this is going to be kind of the first big. Um, economic data point for the month of December. I think investors are looking for um, you know some more signs of stabilization, some more signs of improvement. Nothing dramatic, um, but certainly not further deterioration in the month of December. And then on Friday, you're going to get the U.S. manufacturing ISM for December, and you're also going to get the Fed minutes out Friday afternoon, which is a you know obviously a weird time for them to be hitting. Um, so that is it for today in terms of the news rundown. Um, you know, as far as the broader market, uh, you know, my view is still the same. Um, I acknowledge that you have had a lot of improvement in on the trade front, and if anything, you know, you can certainly make the case that over uh, since mid-November, you've seen kind of a dramatic reduction in trade risk um, on on a variety of different fronts. So phase one is the most significant, but you have allowed those two thirty-two auto tariffs to expire. You had the USMCA agreement put in place, and a few other items as well. Um, And that had been the biggest overhang in the market. But I don't necessarily think you've seen a a dramatic reduction in trade uncertainty. You obviously still have a lot of tariffs in place um, with China. And therefore, I just don't think you're going to see the dramatic inflection higher in growth and earnings that I think some investors are assuming. And you have a multiple um, that, in my view, is not going to be sustainable unless you see earnings kind of um, justify it. And so, you know, you're still looking at a 174 number for 2020. In terms of EPS, um, and that's putting this multiple, you know, close to nineteen times, um, which again I, I feel is, is unsustainable. So that's kind of been my view. Um, obviously, the markets have overshot on the upside, um, but coming into January, we're going to get two big tests. Obviously, the first one, like I said before, will be the text of Phase One, and then and then um, just getting into the Q four earnings season along with company guidance, not necessarily um, explicit quantitative guidance, but just more qualitative about companies describing trends that they're seeing on the ground. So earnings kick off Tuesday, January 14th. So that is it for today. Uh, Thank you everyone for listening.